Uh, we're just so blessed to be here. And when they asked me to come and speak about giving, you know, my mind went to a lot of different places. And one of the places was my husband's always like, why don't you give some of your clothes away? And I'm like, I don't know if some of you girls or ladies are like me. I'm like, but, but I might wear them again. I might, like, lose weight and fit into them again. But you don't need all these clothes, but maybe. But, you know, was, I thought I started thinking little things like that. And then I, there's been many times that we've been sitting and they ask for the offering. And I'm like, give it all. Just give it all. And my husband looks at me and says, do you know how much money we have in the bank? And I'm like, Nope. <laughs> So there's a lot of different ways of thinking of giving, but I have to say one thing. The one main thing that attracted me to my husband, now he's absolutely gorgeous, and he can sing, but it truly was his giving. And I have shared this with hundreds of kids. I'm a teacher. I've shared it with so many people. He loves to give. And when we were dating and we'd be sitting in church and he'd pull out his wallet, I'm like, oh, he's giving. You know, that is really what drew me to him. And ladies, if you're not married yet, find yourself a husband who's willing to give. You will be blessed. We're almost, what, 32 years of marriage. You will be blessed financially, and in any, every other way. So find a giving spouse. Okay. Um, let's see where we are here. Okay. So my title today is, What Are You Willing to Give? And I give kudos to Isaac Cowden for my slide. And I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Father, I just thank you so much for this day. Lord, I thank you for everyone here. Lord, I thank you that uh, for this opportunity to share what you've put on my heart. Lord, I thank you for all of the mothers and the fathers and the grandmas, Lord God. I just pray that you'll open our hearts and open our minds, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit just flow through this place. Let your words speak through me. Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor in your name. Amen. Today I'm going to share about uh, three different mothers in the Bible who are willing to give. And the key word is willing in this. In 1 Samuel 1, 11, it says, Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child... Then it says, then I will give. Say, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Hannah prayed, and she prayed for a child. She wanted a child so bad. She was yearning for a child. And she said, Lord, if you give him to me, I'll give him right back to you. That was her heart. You're praying for something you want so badly, but yet I'm willing to give it right back to you. Eli didn't come up to her and say, now, Hannah, if you pray, I will take him back. You know, I will let him come serve me. 
Eli didn't step in and say that. She did that from her own heart. I will give so that he can serve in the kingdom of God. She gave birth to Samuel and kept him until he was weaned, about eight months to five years old. Now, some people say two years old, and I don't like to think of that because then I think of these little terrible two-year-olds, and the mom's going, all right, you are going to the temple right now. Let's go. Kind of like all the terrible twos that you guys might have, and you go up to Brother Harple's door, and you're like, he's ready to come serve you. Go, 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 go serve him. So I try to stay away from the terrible twos. But there was that time that, you know, he wasn't kicking and screaming and, you know, trying to pull him through. But finally, she just walked him, and she probably whispered in his ears many times, you're going to serve in the temple. You're going to serve the priest. And he knew this was coming, maybe as a teeny little baby and on and on and just speaking into his life. And then Samuel 1, 26 through 28, she gets to the temple and she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives he shall be lent to the Lord, and so they worship the Lord there. Lent means giving it up to the Lord. Therefore, I have given him up to the Lord, and as long as he lives, he shall be given up to the Lord. In the last chapter of Samuel, chapter 2, it says, Samuel stayed at the temple and ministered to Eli. I love Hannah. She prayed knowing she was going to be giving up her son to the Lord. She knew there was no greater joy than seeing her son serve in the kingdom of God. Now, the second mother, this is a crazy story. It's absolutely crazy. There's two women. They both have children, and they're sleeping. And one mother rolls on top of the other baby, and the baby passes away. So that mother picks up the baby, sneaks over to the other woman, takes the live baby, puts the baby that had passed away, and then she takes the live baby. Well, the mother wakes up and realizes, first of all, the baby is not alive. And then as she looks, this is not my baby. This isn't my child. And then they have this battle. It's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. It's my baby. No, it's my baby. So they went and they went to the king. And I can just picture uh, the king looking down and these two moms fighting over a baby. And he's like, all right, all right. So it says in 1 Kings 3, 24 to 27, then the king said, bring me a sword. Okay. At that point, I would have been like, oh, what? A sword? That was, his, that was his way of, you know, okay, all right, you guys are fighting. All right, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, 
for she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, Oh, my Lord, give her the living child, and by no, no means kill him. The other mother was like, Go ahead and divide him, so neither of us have him. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child. By no means kill him, for she is the mother. The real mother was willing to give away her child for it to live. She was willing. And my last one is Jochebed, the mother of Moses, which we know uh, very well this story. But I love it. As I was reading it, I saw a little bit more in it, and I thought, wow, this is so cool. Um, Exodus 2, 1 through 9. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife, oh, took his wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. So she's hiding him because she didn't want anyone to come take him or hurt him. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. So she was willing to give up Moses, her child, so that he could live. Now, what is so awesome about God as we move on? It says that his sister was kind of standing there watching everything, making sure everything went okay. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. And Pharaoh's daughter had compassion on him. That compassion wasn't truly from her. That compassion was God Almighty. And she said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister, I love this, his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, hey, by the way, do you want me to go get somebody to, you know, nurse the baby while it's still young? You know, I can go find somebody. And she's like, sure, you know, go find somebody. And so Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, can you imagine? She's going to the mother and she says, take this child, which is hers. Like, okay, okay, give it to me, give it to me. You know, this is my child. Take this child away and nurse him for me. But that's not all. And I will give you your wages. So this woman took the child and nursed him. This is crazy. She's getting paid to be a mom. Getting paid to do what she was already going to do. Now, that's definitely a God thing. If any of you moms get paid to be a mom, I, I'd like to talk to you later. <laughs> How'd you get that? Um, so the cool thing is that God gave Moses back to her to nurse, and God honored her willingness to give up Moses. So we just talked about three mothers that were willing to give the first one, the real true mother, was willing to give up her child so that it would live. Jochebed, Moses' mom, gave up her child. He was returned to her. She got paid for it. And then as he went and lived in Pharaoh's house, 
that wasn't the end of the story. Because he became the one who delivered the Israelites out of slavery. Because of her willingness to give, he delivered the Israelites out of slavery. And finally, there's Hannah. She gave up her son, and he became a great prophet. Doing these things is not just, oh, it's going to, you know, nothing's going to happen afterwards. God always gives back more than you give. And I'm going to tell you the key to giving willingly. When Hannah took Samuel to the temple, they did not, they didn't drag her away. She wasn't yelling and screaming, I changed my mind. I want him. I want him. I want him back. She didn't change her mind. At the end of the first Samuel chapter one, it says they worshiped the Lord there. And then, I mean, first of all, that right there, she gives her child and she begins to worship the Lord. What in the world? That doesn't seem natural to the humans, human eye. But 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 and 2, it says that she worshiped God. And I guess to me, I see her delivering her child, giving her child to the priest, and she just began to worship. My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. No one, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. No one is holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. That is how you give freely and willingly. It's the only way. When God asks you to give, you give it. When God asks you to walk through something, you walk through it, but you don't walk through it. You praise through it. You worship through it. It's the only way. Willing to give with your hands opened, not closed. Your hands have to remain opened. You can't, as soon as you try to hold tight, there's something, uh, it's like, think of a rope that just round about you and you can't praise him. But when you open your hands freely, freely to give whatever he's asked you to give, it works. It works. He just begins to continue to flow through you. There was a season when my husband was very sick. And I remember, Caitlin, I think was, my daughter Caitlin was 12 years old. And Sister Stark asked her, to go to the altar, to take her arms. I talk a lot with my hands, so I'm like, you know, she had both arms. Um, <clears throat> she had both arms, and she, Sister Stark told her to pretend like she had her daddy in her arms and up in an offering to the Lord. And she was at the altar, and it was the most beautiful thing. Now, I didn't know what she was doing, but she had both arms. And she told me later what Sister Stark had told her. And from that moment, I thought, wow, that's the way that we give. That's the way that we walk through is with our hands up. And then, and I'm sure you guys have it here, you have missionaries come. And they say, anybody who's called to the mission field, come up here. And 
Caitlin, she was always the first one here, my daughter. She'd be right there. The other moms and dads are like, not mine, not mine, not mine. They're cringing. They're cringing. I don't want my, I don't want them to go anywhere. I want them to stay right with me. And, but there was just something in me that wanted the best for my children, and that is serving God. And I remember we would go up behind them. They'd say, parents, come on up and let's pray. And I'd put my hands on her, and it's as if I was pushing her. Like, go, 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 go do what God wants you to do. Go do what God has asked you to do. And she definitely did. My daughter went to many mission fields. She, she was always going somewhere. And I loved it because she got to... She got to really live an amazing life giving to the Lord and doing what God has asked her to do. If I would have held her, if I would have held her back so tight and not let her be used of God, I would have regrets right now. But I have no regrets because we let her do what God called her to do. Um, I often in the morning when I would be praying as I was younger and as I got older, just so you know, young kids are a lot easier than older kids because, you know, it's the physical (sighs) when they're little, but it's the worry when they're older. Are they going to do the right thing? Are they going to the right place? Are they going to marry the right person? It goes on and on. But in the morning when I would pray, I would literally take my hands and say, Lord, I give Jesse to you today. Lord, do with him what you want. Lead him, guide him. I trust you with him. Lord, I give Colin to you today. You know what he's going through. You know what he needs. Lord, I give Caitlin to you today. And I literally would have my hands and I would offer them. And I've shared that information with people. And when, um, and I'll talk a little bit more about Caitlin in a minute. And when she had passed away, they said, I wonder if you did that that morning. And I honestly don't remember, but that was always my heart. My hands were open and I was not holding on because I can't hold on. We want the best for our kids and we can only trust God to do that. Um, As you know, some of you know that my daughter, Caitlin, she was an amazing, amazing young lady. She literally, she was always going somewhere, (laughs) always doing something. Uh, The day before her accident, she was going to come here and stay at one of the apartments, which are absolutely beautiful. Just thank you so much. So um, Caitlin, on July 23rd, she was going to work. Her and I worked at the same place. It was pretty cool because she, I got to be with her all through school because we were at a Christian school. And then she worked at the daycare until she was about 26. She actually, she had just turned 27 and she was on her way to work. And Caitlin was often late, just her personality you know, I need a coffee. I always have time for coffee, you know, those kind of things. And uh, we got the call that she wasn't at work. And so normally, sometimes our mind goes down a bad road. Well, the Lord was very, very faithful, and that did not happen. But my friend and Jesse, they came, and we got in the car, and we decided to drive to where, you know how you can see the location I could see where she was, and it's where we go to school every day, the same road. 
And we got there, and the whole way there, you know, Jesse's on the phone, and I'm, I'm just praying, and I'm speaking in tongues, and I'm just saying, God, I, I don't know. I wasn't thinking anything negative. I just was praising him. And we get up to the, to the top, and <clears throat> as we get to the top, we wait, and they said, you know, you can't go past here. And a few minutes later, some car, police cars pull up, and then there was, oh my goodness, it looked like there's probably like six police officers and one really tall one in the middle. And I don't know why, I went straight to the guy that was the tall one, and I said, she didn't make it, did she? I don't know why I said those words. They just came out of my mouth. And as soon as he said they, she didn't make it, I began to worship the Lord. Now, don't ask me why. Am I this horrible mother? I don't, I don't, I feel like the power of God just dropped on me. And I began, my hands immediately raised. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I think they thought I was crazy. But I'm like, I thank you, Jesus. You're a good God. You would never harm us. You would never hurt us. I remember running over to Jesse and saying he would never hurt us. He would never harm us. There's a reason for this. This is, and I just began praising him. And that moment, I truly believe what could have attached itself to me and taking me down a very, very dark hole was totally released. And that key, the key was worship. The key was giving God all the glory, knowing, knowing that this world is not our home. We're, it's not our home. We are just passing through here. We cannot attach ourselves to anything to this world. When he comes back, what a heartache it would be is if you are, I mean, you know how you picture the rapture and people going up in the air and you're holding on to that one thing you couldn't let go of. What a horrid picture that would be. But letting your hands open, letting your hands just be whatever God wants from you. God is an amazing God. He will always give back more than you ever could give him. He has everything in control. Okay, I have this picture, and I, you know, Reagan said, why not? So, can you put that on there, Reagan? I, you know, I love this little picture. This little girl, and she's holding this little bear, and she's like, but I love this so much, God. And he's like, just trust me. I have something so much bigger for you. I have something so much more for you. Just, just give me your little, and I'm going to give you much. You can go ahead and take that down. Thank you. And so I truly believe that as we were, as we were, as I was preparing, and the Lord, you know, as he changes things, and I want you to know that at the moment that Caitlin passed away, all ties to this earth were cut off. I was like, take it, take me. I'm ready for the rapture. I'm ready for you to come back. There's nothing greater. When somebody, when you lose somebody, you realize how insignificant things are. 
things are insignificant. The people you love, you love them, and you dearly love them with all your heart, but you don't get so attached that when he calls us home, we are not ready to go. And Caitlin, even though she passed away, I have been given so much more. I have Kelsey, and she is absolutely adorable, my uh, daughter-in-law, and she's giving me a baby. And so that is so awesome. And then I have another daughter-in-law that is just as awesome. I now have more kids than I did before. God always gives more than you can ask for. There is nothing worth holding back. There's nothing. And when Jesus comes back, we want to be ready because he's coming soon. Just like Brother uh, Harpo said, the times. We do not have a lot of time. Look around. Look around. Nothing is worth staying here for. And one of the greatest things with Caitlin is that we are now able to help other people. We have a WWKD foundation, and basically what we're trying to do is those kids that don't have support, those kids that don't have the family support or the money support, that want to do something for God, that hunger to do something, God, we want to help them. And the Lord has been blessing us and allowing us to start this foundation to do that because we want her legacy to live on. She touched so many lives, and we want that to continue. My husband has been the, that has been his, um, his heart's desire. He has been the force behind it. He is unbelievable because he didn't want to, uh, he wanted her name and her mission to live on. And I am so thankful for that. And so tonight, today, this morning, <laughs> I really want you to think of one thing. Can you put that other screen up for me, Reagan? <clears throat> what are you willing to give up today? It could be anything. It could be putting your children that you've been worrying about. It could be hurt from losing somebody. It could be financial, but, you know, I really need this money, and I, I want to do this and this and this. Or whatever it is, and I want you to think about that. What is that one thing that you have held on so tightly, and you're having a really hard time of letting go? And God keeps nudging you about it, but you want it so bad, and it's like that little girl but I love it so much. And he's like, if you give me that, I've got this for you. And so I want you to think about that because I know, if we could all stand, I know that God has a plan and a purpose for everyone here. And he is going to do an amazing and a mighty work in this place. And if you are willing, if you are willing to give, I'm telling you, there are miracles all over this place. There are miracles. There are, there's freedom. There is deliverance. You get rid of one thing, and you're going to feel the chains drop off of you. You have to give it up, and you will feel released. God is going to make you leave lighter than when you came. He's got an amazing, amazing 
amazing things for you. I just see it in the spirit. It's all over here. God's going to do great things. Please don't hold on to things. If I could run up to each one of you and say, don't hold on to it. It's not worth it. Don't keep holding on. It is not worth it. Give it all. Give it all to him and watch what he will do. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus.